The following podcast is a Dear Media production. She's a lifestyle blogger extraordinaire. Fantastic. And he's a serial entrepreneur. A very smart cookie. And now Lauren Everts and Michael Bostick are bringing you along for the ride. Get ready for some major realness. Welcome to the Skinny Confidential, him and her. Aha! So surprised, shocked at what comes out. It is the truth of it all. Sometimes it's funny because like you might be like asking a serious question and there is kind of like a lightness to the answer. And it does like just bring about a levity of like, okay, wow. Like there is a part of me that knows it's going to be okay. There is a part of me that knows what exactly is going on and my mind likes to make it more of a thing than it really is. Or that's been really, really powerful. So it's kind of combining those two and making it like a a practice together. Get excited, guys. We are doing a podcast swap today with Almost 30. Two of our favorite fellow podcasters, OGs in the space. These girls have done it right for a very long time. Could not be nicer people. Krista and Lindsay, shout out. Love you both. And we really, really just enjoyed this conversation. I can't believe it actually took this long for us all to get on a mic together. Had an incredible conversation, well-rounded, just really flowed. I love podcasting with fellow podcasters. They just know how to do it on the mic. I have to say, too, they are one of the podcasts that I like to listen to. Um, I just think they do a really good job and they ask amazing questions. I was just listening to their episode last night, actually, with Gabby Reese, and I was such a fan of the whole episode. They asked her about spirituality, motherhood, and just a lot of hard-hitting questions. So I definitely recommend you guys check out their podcast. I'm sure you already have, but if you haven't, definitely check it out. And also, I was on an episode recently with them, and we talked all about hormones, balancing it all, motherhood, weight gain, Facebook groups, uh, boundaries, kind of everything. That episode is on Almost 30, and it was recorded on December 1st, I believe. So you can enjoy that. And with that, I'll let Michael introduce Lindsay and Krista to the show. Yes, like Lauren said, we are joined today by Krista and Lindsay of Almost 30. I'm sure so many of you guys are already well aware of who they are, what they do, have probably heard their show. And if not, I highly suggest that you do so. They were two of the people that I approached early on for Dear Media, and it was just clear at the time that they had their own shit together. They had their own thing going. And I really think it's commendable that they've been able to self-produce and build this incredible show and community for so long. You know, it's not an it's, it's not an easy gig building a podcast, and it's definitely not an easy gig, you know, growing a podcast for as long as they have. So definitely an amazing duo, two incredible entrepreneurs that really kind of started this thing from nothing and have built this incredible brand with Almost 30. With that, Lindsay and Krista, welcome to the show. Love you both. Thanks for coming on. This is the Skinny Confidential, him and her. We're here. We're you guys live. are looking just great. Yeah, oh, you know that, both guys. of you. I was also Seriously. just talking about yesterday well, how I've just fully let myself go. That's Baby, not true. I caught you. I'm not true. Literally caught you straightening your hair with my straightener. Today. <laughs> you know, he was doing pull-ups on the door before, yeah. before I came in. Yeah, he's damn. Yeah, don't lie. Well, that's just don't be like this is effortless and you're fucking straightening <laughs> and you're doing pull-ups yeah, on the door. That's a lie. I gotta stay strong. That I just woke up like this. I gotta stay <laughs> no. strong so I can beat that guy back up back there because he annoys the hell out of me. I walked in and like this white straightener is the lights on. And I'm like, I haven't used that in a while. What's going on? Oh, you're, you're, oh. He's oh. like T3 Micro. Okay. I wonder if they're going to sponsor. <laughs> totally T3 Micro. Why are, you, why are you always so up in my gear, man? Well, I, I got to know what you're doing with the straightener. It's true. Yeah. Hey, but your hair looks amazing. Yeah, I true. mean, you've always had the best hairline. That's what you said about the babe. He does. Mm-hmm. You're like, you want the good hairline. He does have a good hairline. Have you guys just had more time to like be at home and take care of yourself? 
No, because you always look good. But like, I'm just like looking at you. I'm like, you look rested, beautiful. Like that's so nice, you guys. Thank Thank you you so much. Our baby was up all night last night. That's very, very. I gotta keep you guys around a little more often. Yeah, Yeah, literally. We'll fill you up. It's downhill from here for me. (laughs) One of the reasons that I am so excited to have both of you on is because I feel like you guys both created something out of nothing. And what I mean by that is like you really created your own future. And that inspires me, especially as a woman. It's it's so inspiring to be able to literally take something from thin air and create what you guys have created. Can you walk us through when you first had this idea and, and were you guys naive to entrepreneurship and business or were you maybe already savvy and you knew what you were getting yourself into? I mean, I think we know it's the latter. Yeah. I mean, first of all, you're someone that really inspired me. Like, I'll never forget. I was like, everyone's like, blogging's cool. And I was like, looking at bloggers, I was like, what do you mean? And then I found you and I was like, oh, blogging's fucking cool. And I started to blog. So you were someone that inspired me to blog for a long time. But when I met Lindsay, we just started to like have these conversations that I felt like we weren't having with anyone else. And I had moved to Los Angeles and I wanted to be a soul cycle instructor really bad. That was like my goal. I was working in the corporate world, but I wanted to get out. And so I auditioned for Soul Cycle in New York. And then when I moved to LA, I was gonna audition again. And one of my friends was like, let me connect you with my friend Lindsay. She's an amazing instructor, she can help you. So I got connected with Lindsay and she helped me with my second audition, which I didn't get. And I was like devastated. I was like, I thought this was my thing. I thought this was my purpose, my passion. I didn't like any corporate jobs I was in. And I just felt so unhappy. And so we were having these conversations where I was like, I just don't know what I'm here to do. I don't know what I'm meant to do. And I feel super lost. And she was an actress here in LA doing Soul Cycle. And so we just were like, what is like the purpose? What is the meaning of life? And why do we feel so confused in our late 20s? And so one day we were at Bulletproof Coffee and I was like, do you want to start a podcast? And Lindsay looked at me and she was like, yeah, I'd loved podcasts for a long time. When I was in New York, I'd listen on the subway for hours and hours and hours. And I just was obsessed with learning and growth. And when I was blogging, I was like, I like this, but there's something missing for me. There's like, you've always been focused on value, but I just like, I couldn't translate it. So it wasn't my thing. So when we started podcasting, we absolutely had no idea it would become what it did. But we just literally put one foot in front of the other every day and just figured it out. What do you think? I mean, I remember when you guys first launched and it just like took off. Like, what do you think the the reason was? Because obviously a lot of people yeah. are jumping into podcasting now. It's popular. You guys have been doing it a long time. But what do you think that like thing was that made the Almost 30 brand so popular? Yeah, it's so interesting. I feel like out the gate, it was, it was pretty unpolished and it was yeah. very honest, almost to a fault where I was getting calls from like family and friends being like, what? Like you haven't even told me <laughs> this. And I do feel like sharing in real time as we're processing, as we're learning, as we're evolving, just hit people, especially women who are feeling like they can't really connect with others as to what they're going through and or what they didn't learn in college from their parents and just feeling so lost. So the fact that she and I were able to almost model this conversation, model this relationship of like just true vulnerability, Mm -hmm. truly being ourselves for better or for worse. And for people to listen to that, I I really feel like it gave them permission. They were like, okay, like we could do this. And then they started to do it and and tell us about it, whether they were opening up to their friends or going for that thing that they've been meaning to go for. And they finally took that first step and it was cool it was like a it was a snowball effect mm-hmm. I and don't I, want Taylor to pop a boner over your voice because it's very like isn't it? 
Taylor's like, dick is hanging over the Taylor. (laughs) My middle name is Taylor. (laughs) Yeah, it's sex phone hotline, right? I'm sure you get that I know when everyone always like, who's who's what? I'm like, I'm the annoying one. (laughs) Lindsay's like the, well, Lindsay's an actress and it was like a skill that she brought to the table. But I also think with Almost 30, it's like everyone who we've had on the podcast, and I'm sure you guys too, like some of the most transformational periods in their life were like late 20s, early 30s. Like, your actual prefrontal cortex comes online and your brain finishes developing. So that's when you become who you are. That's when you really are figuring out what is you, what is your programming, what you want from life, who you want to be. So I think we really hit on that target market really well. And then I think we did it before it wasn't cool. Like we've been doing this for four years. Like if it was, if I was doing something that was cool, I would have continued blogging or I would have continued to try SoulCycle, which were like trendy things. And no one else was podcasting. So we were like the first, I've never been the first or on time. And we did it before everyone else did it because we loved it. Yeah, I think we were all in the era of like the thing where you have a conversation, people say like, what the fuck is a podcast? I I remember those conversations so clearly. People were like, what the fuck are you doing that for? Like, who's listening? Why is anyone doing that? Like, remember back in the day you had to teach people how to like open a podcast yes. even though it was installed on their phone like everyone knows yeah. now yes. so many platforms but no i think it was and what's crazy about the medium is it been around for so long yes mm-hmm. and don't take this the wrong way people listening but it was just like a bunch of nerds and like the rogans of the world and the mark marins like people like that which obviously not nerds but people like this like the mainstream just didn't know what it was and like was well, it a radio is it not and i think mm-hmm. like obviously now it's proven out but yeah it's it, like you guys were super early on and i think what's interesting about that is and in, in our experience, I think when you get on a mic, people expect you to be like this expert right away. And they're like, oh, they because they have a show, they must be some kind of authority and know something. But tell me if I'm wrong here. Like, I feel like doing this show, like I'm learning at the same time as the people that are listening. So it's like I'm growing at the same pace as the people on that are listening to the mm-hmm. show. Do you like, have you felt the same way? Yeah. And it's sometimes hard because mm-hmm. I think there are expectations if you like host a show or you are the leader of the community that like you can't be human Mm -hmm. and we've had moments like that where it's like oh shoot like hi everyone we are human we are learning in real time with you all and it just so happens that it's public and it's actually feels much bigger because y'all are watching and listening i think that we have a responsibility a hundred percent to take self-responsibility and model that Mm -hmm. i think what's beautiful about a community is that the the strength and the energy of a community of women can be the best support of all time. And it can also be one that is incredibly critical. We're so critical on ourselves. The projection piece is like, and I even see it in my everyday. I'm like, fuck, I was just projecting onto that person when I judged them. Like, I feel that way about myself. And so it's been, especially this year, I'm just like, okay, wow, like it's really important that I'm taking self-responsibility here, even if I don't agree with that person. Like how, what is my role in all of this? Mm -hmm. Oh, I love hearing conversations like this because when people message anyone on the internet and they say that triggered me, honey, I want to be like, look at why it triggered you. Look inward on why that's triggering you. No one can do anything to you. No one can make you feel triggered. So If you're feeling triggered, if I feel triggered about something, I'm like, why is that making me feel Mm -hmm. triggered? And as opposed to that triggers me. Oh, come on, Michael. Didn't mean to slurp it down that hard. (laughs) You always do that. You have to do that sound, don't you? Well, you really have to do that sound when it comes to Olipop. 
So obviously everyone loves a soda. Like who doesn't love a soda? But we learned all about what's in it and then it grossed us out. So there's a new soda in town, okay? There's one that tastes amazing, but is also good for you. It's good for you. It's soda that's good for you. We're back in the game, baby. (laughs) Olipop is the new kind of soda. It tastes just like the sodas that you grew up with, the nostalgic sodas, but it's not filled with tons of sugar or corn syrup or artificial ingredients like aspartame, okay? This one's made with natural ingredients that are actually good for you. They have all the flavors of your dreams. If you're going to go into this game, you got to go in first with the cherry vanilla. That is the game-changing soda. That's what got me absolutely hooked on Olipop. I have to have it stocked in the fridge every single week, every single day. Crack one open. Just cracked one open just now. Honestly, I love strawberry vanilla because of the aesthetics. It looks good on the Instagram feed. But if I were to say my real favorite, it would be the classic root beer. So let's talk about the ingredients. They use functional ingredients that combine the benefits of prebiotics, plant fiber, and botanicals to support your microbiome and benefit your digestive health. And here's something creepy. Sweetened beverages are the leading source of added sugar in the American diet. So if you can just like replace maybe one of those a day, I'm telling you, Olipop is much, much lower in sugar than the conventional sodas with only two to five grams of sugar from natural sources. So no added sugar. A wild fact is that their vintage cola has two grams of sugar. And this is so crazy. Coca-Cola has 39 grams of sugar. So it's a huge difference. All of Olipop's products are non-GMO, vegan, paleo, keto-friendly with less than eight grams net carb per can. Okay, so they're so confident that you guys are going to love their products that they're offering 100% money back guarantee for orders placed through their website. And obviously, we've worked out an exclusive deal for the Skinny Confidential, him and her listeners, receive 20% off plus free shipping on their best-selling variety pack. So you're going to go to drinkolipop.com slash skinny and use code skinny at checkout to claim this deal. That is D-R-I-N-K-O-L-I-P-O-P.com slash skinny. This discount is only valid for their variety pack. I think you guys are going to love it because you can try them all. Olipop can also be found in over 3,000 stores across the country, including Whole Foods, Sprouts, Kroger's, Wegmans, and Erwan. And that's the difference between you and your success and other people. It's like, this is what I've been saying all year. It's like, everyone wants the world to change for them, but they don't want to change for the world. Mm. Oh my God, it's my favorite. Michael has that tattooed on his butt. (gasps) There you go. (laughs) Right around the rim. It's actually around the rim. Yeah, I just got got it done. It hurt a little bit. Don't juve it though. It'll ruin (laughs) the tattoo. Yeah, don't juve the tattoo. I juve my butthole, so don't juve your butthole. I can't go down this path again with you. I sit in two camps with this because I think when you do something like this, like Mm -hmm. this is very intimate. Like there's nobody else around us right now. There's nobody, and you can forget that when this comes out there's going to be x amount of people listen so you say things so like the one camp i sit in especially like doing this show and thinking about dear media is anytime i'm talking to fellow hosts or podcasts i'm like you have to really like that cliche thing be authentically yourself yeah. and talk the, the same way you would talk as if we were at dinner while also being aware that there's the responsibility that mm-hmm. comes with the platform but i think the wrong thing to do is to not be yourself and not share your opinions and your viewpoints authentically 100 as yourself because then like it's all bullshit and nobody cares and mm-hmm. nobody wants to listen and nobody stays com- and nobody comes back. So it's like this weird world where you have to just say whatever you think, even if it's going to rub people the wrong way and in quotations trigger people. Because if you're going the other way and just building this curated thing, like nobody gives a shit about what you're saying. A hundred percent. And that's the thing. It's like the goal isn't to trigger people. Like the goal isn't to like run around and talk about things that are triggering for people. That's never the goal. But the goal is to like be so much ourselves that like, 
it can be triggering. For me, like when I was working corporate job and I wasn't happy and I was like just literally living so unaligned, like I definitely probably saw people that were doing their thing and were triggered by them. I was like, oh, they're like, they didn't work for it or said all these things. And it's like, really, I was just deeply unhappy. And like those triggers can actually be an opportunity for you to really look at yourself and be like, why is this triggering me? Like, could this be inspiring to me? Could this be something that like I want to pursue? And even for you, it's like, you know, I've always looked at you and you've never triggered me. And it's always been like, that is like what inspires me. Like I've always been able to be like that with you because you have had such an open relationship with your audience, but you are triggering for people, I'm sure, the same as Mm -hmm. me. It's like when you're in your power, you can be triggering for people, but you can't change. I think I've inherently recognized personally that in life, you go through stages as a human being and not everybody that you've known throughout your life is meant to follow you to every one of those Mm -hmm. stages. And it's not it's it's not something that's that a lot of people like to hear, and it's actually things that rub. It's something that rubs a lot of people the wrong way. Like imagine going and having a conversation with some of your friends you grew up with, and be like, "Listen, like I'm going someplace right now that you're not going to be able to follow." And it's not because you're having success. Maybe it could be, it could be the opposite of that. But you go through stages, and I think it's this weird thing where we think that everybody in life that we've known should be able to follow us. And I think of the listeners totally. the same way. Yes. Like I hope that everybody that listens to this show stays on board and can continue to follow us. But I also know that there's going to be a segment and we've experienced it like throughout this show that is going to say, you know what, this is no longer for me, but I can't live in my truth. And I don't think Lauren can either. And I don't think you guys can as well. If you don't do that, like, so it just, sometimes you're just going to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm off the train now. Like it's no, no longer for me. And it, it, but you still have to be yourself. Have you guys ever had a really bad interview? What do you do? Oh my gosh. Sure. I'm trying to think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah, there yeah, there have been a couple handfuls where we didn't release them. Yeah, we haven't released them. Do you guys not release if they're bad? Sometimes, rarely. Yeah, that's, that's a hard thing that's to do permission. too. permission. Yeah. You know yeah. why? Because I told myself, permission. I'm like, am I going to please one person or am I going to please Yeah. 18 million zillion people. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're you're letting your audience down, but you're pleasing one person. But I also I also think like those have been moments too where it's like a check-in where it's like was that us? Like, yes. were we were we off? Like, did we not like center ground, prepare all the things, or did we say yes to an interview that wasn't completely aligned? Or you know, what yes, we- how can we be better? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I, I think it, there's always an opportunity there because even for someone who isn't a seasoned interviewee, which is the case with most of these that we haven't released and it just didn't flow it didn't feel valuable to the audience it didn't feel like good on the ears we could like fine-tune our interview like abilities so that we can like kind of usher this person through the conversation so that they shine Mm -hmm. granted there's like both sides of it the reason that I bring that up is to play off what Michael said which I, I I figured you guys would answer the way I thought you guys did which is you have to have boundaries. How do you guys have those boundaries? I know you, I feel like just your energy is like you do have the boundaries in place. Mm. Mm. That's so interesting because I know people with boundaries and I'm like, why do they have boundaries with me? (laughs) Like I can feel (laughs) when people have boundaries. I'm like, I don't want to be boundary. But I really, I really value that you say that. I think we've learned over the years. It's like, I've at first with what we did and with our community, I didn't have enough self-worth. So I felt so grateful. I was like, oh my God, anybody's listening, anyone's reviewing, anyone's engaging. I just, and I do feel incredibly grateful still, but I really just was grateful that anyone was like engaging with anything that I was doing because I didn't really see value in it. So now that we've grown, I've really realized that the more boundaries I have, the more I am able to give to the masses or the people. And we've had to really just like, 
adjust, readjust our boundaries all the time, whether that's with each other, whether that's with our community, whether that's with our partners. And it's been one of the biggest keys to our success really is understanding true boundaries and having enough self-worth to create and sustain them. And I think boundaries serve both sides. Like boundaries serve us if we put them, like put them up or establish them, but then also maybe unknowingly to the other side of it, it also serves them. Like anytime I see someone, especially on social media, create boundaries, our friend Peta Kelly is notorious mm-hmm. for this, creating boundaries, especially with social media. I'm like, damn, I am so inspired by her. And I'm, and I could take it personally. I could be like, well, why isn't she like mm-hmm. engaging with her audience? Why isn't she, why is she feeling the need to do that? But I just respect the hell out of people who, who create boundaries. And it just tells me and gives me permission that I can do that too, mm-hmm. you know. What are her boundaries? What do you mean? Ooh, I mean, Peta is notorious. It's beautiful. It's just like, it's just like putting up posts. It's like, hey, I'm not going to respond to all of these emails or like, I'm actually, <laughs> she doesn't have message replies. She just like says clearly, she's like, I'm here to create and serve my soul and my purpose, not other people. And that's the thing with boundaries. It's like, I could get really stuck and I've definitely done this before, just responding to people, commenting, doing all these things, which I love to do because it's so important. But like, then I lose my sense of self. I lose like what matters and I can't really create the way we want to create. Yeah. And she talks about her home life, which I'm sure you guys can relate to, especially since having Zaza. It's like, I, she's focused on creating that sense of peace, stability, joy at home over like creating just like, a sense of stability on her social platform. She's very inconsistent. She'll go off Instagram for three months. She'll pop back on. She'll have like a book written. She's like, here's my book if you want to buy it, cool. And mm-hmm. then she'll pop off. And then she'll pop back on and be like, hey, I'm helping mothers who are about to have babies, birth. We're going to talk about this in a summit and and that's it. And then she'll go off for five months. So she's really just focused on that family unit because it means so much more to her than just the family. It's like healing her ancestry. It's like healing her soul. Like there's just so many layers to it that I really, really respect. Honestly, I think this year, no, I just feel like what you guys are saying about stability at home is so important. I think that this year we've realized that if your home isn't your sanctuary, move. Yes. And I and I mean I actually Dude. mean move out of the way but also move. <laughs> if you're like your home it's so important yes. to to have your stuff aligned at home because that's where Everything. it all starts. And with this year we've had to be quarantined in our house. I mean obviously we can like we can go out of our house, but I mean we're in our house a lot. So to look around and be like, wait, this isn't the sanctuary that I want to create. It's caused us to sort of look at ourselves. Mm-hmm. Sure. Oh my God, hundred percent. I mean, what have you? How have you guys looked at yourself this year? Hold up. We are talking about bloat. I have been talking about this product so much on Instagram that we decided to talk about it on the podcast too. Array. Okay. I first found out about Array through Melissa Wood Health. I'm a huge fan of hers, and she just does her research, and she does it in a way that's very approachable. So I started taking it then, and now it's become something I take all the time because I was dealing with a lot of bloat post-pregnancy. So like I said, post-birth, I was bloated. So I did belly bonding, and that helped with the initial bloat, but then on a micro level, I needed something more. So 
Melissa Wood Health, like I said, recommended this holistic remedy. So basically, it's a blend of five herbs and a fruit-based digestive enzyme, and it's completely laxative-free, so you're not going to be running to the bathroom, okay? What's in it, and this was really important for me to know before I started taking it and recommending it, is ginger root, peppermint, dandelion root, lemon balm, and broline. And I, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing this right, but basically this was recommended by my plastic surgeon after I got my boobs done. They said this is going to help so much with bloating. So mixed with the ginger root and the peppermint and the dandelion root, it's amazing. And it's going to help so much with bloat. So if you have a lot of bloat or discomfort or gas, check this out. Also, the packaging super chic. It looks great in your beauty bag or on your vanity because we love that. For 10% off, go to Array.com and use code TSC at checkout. Again, go to Array.com and use code TSC at checkout. Well, I think like one of the most important things like and how we've honestly looked at ourselves with boundaries this year because there's been yes. so many different conversations. Mm-hmm. Like one of my personal boundaries, and I think like probably this maybe goes for all of us, is like I refuse to work in someone else's narrative to-do list and I refuse to get drawn into conversations that I don't feel like having. And I think this entire year it's like, there's a social pressure, especially if you're a public person, to stop what you're doing and jump into conversations because somebody else deems them important. But the fact is, the matter is, is like, it's all based on perspective. Like Lauren and I just did this podcast on Michael Gervais's show, who's been, I don't know if you guys have ever had him on. He's great. You should, if you haven't, you should. He, and I was telling him like, what people have found important this year has not necessarily been so important to my wife because at a young age, she lost her mother in a really violent way. I think that, and I was like, so the perspective that she's going in, like if everyone's like, oh, the world's ending and like, I have this big problem and I'm losing my job. Like to her, that's going to seem like a very small issue because she's already experienced something terrible. For others, it may not. For others, it might be the most important thing in their life the election, like that was the most important thing for so many people. Like for Lauren and I, honestly, like we didn't get very political. We're not a political show. People get mad about that. But at the end of the day, like I refuse personally to jump into something because somebody else deems it important. Like if I deem it important, then I'll jump into it. And people that want to listen can listen and people that don't, don't have to. And I think like that's the only way you can continue to do something like this and continue to build a brand. Like I've seen so many people where it's like, is that really your brand? Are you just jumping in because it's the thing to do right now and you don't want to get flack from the rest of the people that are doing it? 100%. I mean, mean, staying in like our own integrity. We've definitely over the years gotten out of integrity for sure. I felt we felt it, you know, maybe a few years ago we did things where like, ah, that wasn't really an integrity. And who are you if you're always doing things that everyone else is doing? It's like, who 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 are you? Like, you're just, if I'm applying everyone else's value system to myself, then I'm not myself. I have my own unique value system. I have my own unique opinions. I have my own unique expression and way I move about the world. And that's what's amazing about me. And for everyone else, that's what's amazing about them. If they're super political, passionate, we need those people. Those people are super important for all of us to educate ourselves and activate us. But it's not really who I am. And I was realizing that this year I was talking to my therapist. I'm like, God, I've talked about politics all, every day, even with my family friends, like not really publicly. I'm like, that's not me. Like, it's not me to get caught up in like the political landscape, the duality. It's important. And I do my part, but I'm like, that isn't me. And so it's so important for creators and anyone that has a brand or business to always like remember who you are and what you're uniquely here to do, because there are a million things that are going to throw you off your path or like encourage you to post what everyone else is posting or doing or all these things. And that's not what leaders do. Leaders don't do that. Leaders don't post what everyone else is posting, say what everyone else is saying. Leaders have their own opinion and that's why they're leaders. Yeah. And you could recognize when someone's doing something just because it's the thing to do. 
Like people are smart enough to be like, do you really, 100%. like, is this really what you want to do? Or are you just doing it? I don't care at all about catching flack for not like my whole life. And I think Lauren, like it's been going and doing what, again, going against the grain and doing what I feel is right for me. And if people don't like that, like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, that's never changed. Like it, that's, that's what this fucking whole thing has been. Like mm-hmm. what the fuck? Well, you, you said something interesting. You said if your family members and friends would want to talk politics and you would just talk because you had to talk. And mm-hmm. I think that like when you look at that and you realize, oh my God, I'm doing all these things that drain my energy. That's yes. not, yes. that's not nourishing my energy. You can cut it out. Mm-hmm. And that sounds like woo woo, but I feel no. like you guys, you no, guys are we're woo woo. No, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, can you guys talk about that? Because you're yeah. very like energetically like on the same frequency, I feel mm-hmm. like. Um, my experience as a former like mega people pleaser, I was I felt like an octopus where I had tentacles like everywhere but my own body and needs. I was like just serving everyone else. And I still have to catch myself even in like a room like this. If I'm coming into a room mm-hmm. with friends, I have to notice where I'm like kind of feeling into what someone else is is feeling. I guess people will call that empathic, but it's even more than that where I'm like, oh, do you need more water? Or do you know, mm-hmm. you know, there's these like little ways that I am in essence kind of like abandoning myself. It's, it sounds dramatic, but it's true because I think little by little and compounded over time, I'm walking farther and farther away from knowing what I need. And so I've been in relationships, I've pursued different careers where I've just like slowly walked away from myself and I get to a point where I'm like, who the fuck am I? Like, where am I going? Who am I with? What do I believe? How do I feel? What do I need? And then you get to a breaking point in my in my life. There was like big ass breakups or like things like that where it's like that earthquake that Lacey Phillips talks about where it's just like this moment that just shakes everything up and... And for me, it's given me clarity. I don't necessarily know the next step. I don't know what to do. But it is that awareness that I think is like that deep breath or that like just nice like fresh wind where I'm like, okay, ha, I know the direction I need to go. I don't know how, but at least the awareness is there. So I'm not going to give my power away or abandon myself in that next moment. And literally, it's a moment by moment choice that we make. Mm -hmm. You guys have some tools for self-awareness. Mm-hmm. Self-awareness is everything. You and far between though. It's, 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 it's a hard, yeah. you know, Taylor eating curry chicken in a room that's one <laughs> foot by one foot is not self-aware. Like, let's be honest. And I wish that was Dude, a big story. But Panda <laughs> Express orange chicken. Yo, I'm, yo, I was yeah. talking about, I was like, I miss Panda Express. That was like my first. Taylor has some for you. Do you want some? Oh my but God. Sometimes the, but sometimes people with that, I, that I love type them. of not, non-awareness I wish liberate I liberate me yeah, because same. I am so overly concerned <laughs> Dude. with how I'm received or what people feel that I'm like damn I kind of respect I it. fucking love that <laughs> Taylor has a chunk of orange chicken in his tooth and he's like I ate sh- a bunch of McDonald's before but I didn't do it inside of the studio so it shouldn't don't you yet. feel like ass when you eat that <laughs> I mean I do it so seldomly so it's but you do not do that oh. hold on that is such bullshit you do it at least at least three to four times a week every week maybe a month three Dude, Taylor, you're like a rail. How are you doing? Are you only eating one meal a day? No, I I eat a lot. I think I just have a high metabolism. Honestly, you shit your pants every day. Honestly, false. You have the runs. You've never come to a meal with us and finished your plate ever. You eat like a child. There you go. You do have weird eating habits. There you go. No, I do. I definitely do. Okay. So it's all people. Yeah. Last thing I want to say, though, I think like on this subject, 
it's strange speaking of self-awareness because yeah. all of us at the table, I think yeah. most people listening, like the people we admire most in the world and in life and throughout history is the people that go against the grain are themselves, don't conform to what everyone else is doing, don't align their views with everyone else's views. Like those are the those are the books we read about. Those are the people that we admire. Those are the leaders that we aspire to be like. And so it's strange to me in our own lives when people want to conform and do what everyone else is doing. It's like it... That's not gonna. That's that's not gonna get you anywhere. That's yeah, not but gonna, you can't mm-hmm. judge people for doing. That. I'm not judging I know, people. It's like, it I'm makes just sense. saying. I'm just pointing out that like if everyone, like the majority of people, admire these types of people, these people that are mm-hmm. so different and so out there and outspoken and and going against what society thinks. Like those are, and, and then we act a complete opposite way in yeah. our own lives. Yeah. I wonder if that. That's an interesting point, and I wonder if that's changing because I feel like so. I'm thinking about like growing up or what our parents' generation, it was the people that thought so differently that everyone admired. But I'm feeling like now it's the people that are going with the same sort of perspective. And I don't, I'm trying to think of people that aren't on the stage, that aren't criticized or ridiculed, that are speaking really differently or thinking really differently. No, I don't think it's changed. I think it's just more visible. And because of social, everyone's like scared to stand out. They want to be like, oh shit, I better not like get out of line or get out of bounds and think differently. But I I promise you, like nobody's going to remember these people. Nobody's going to be like, remember when you took a stand with everybody else? Like, no, (laughs) nobody's going to care. You're going to be like, you're just checking a box to be like everyone else and you're going to be forgotten by history. Like, this is just going to happen. Yeah. People are listening probably like, oh fuck, like because if you're an influencer blogger or someone with a platform, I mean, you've just done what everyone else has done. Like, congratulations, you're normal. You're just mm-hmm. like everyone else. What are the tools in your toolbox that you use to practice self-awareness? I know each of you guys mm-hmm. has your shit. Like, your morning routines, your little things that you do throughout the day. Maybe you meditate. Like, what do you do? Per usual, Lauren, your skin is looking so glowy. Thanks, babe. So I've been testing out Tatcha and just loving it. I'm sure you guys have heard of their brand. And if you want the details, it's basically this Japanese beauty brand that believes that skincare is self-care. And I feel like right now we just need more of that. My thing is what I've been doing is I've been making skincare habits. So what I do is I take a few extra minutes a day to do my routine. I'm just making a severe commitment in 2021 to care for myself. I know moms out there can relate because it's so easy to get caught up in caring for others, but it benefits everyone. I feel like everyone agrees with this when we can get a little self-care ritual in. That sounds almost like meditation. Yeah, you could use some of that, babe. So why I'm into this brand is that Tatcha looks at skincare as a ritual, which I feel like elevates the whole entire skincare routine. And you guys should know that all Tatcha's formulas are gentle but effective. And what I love is they're made with natural time-tested ingredients. And you guys can all give them a try for yourself with 15% off Tatcha purchase with code SKINNY. So what do I need to use from Tatcha to look glowy? Okay, so I've experienced a bunch of their products, but my ride or die for sure is the serum stick from Tatcha because it keeps my skin hydrated and pillowy. Like when I press on my skin, it sort of bounces back at me in the best, most hydrated way. So if you're on the go like me, you've got to try their Buratorogami blotting papers. Whenever I feel too shiny from makeup or a workout, they work like a charm. Another standout is the Dewy Serum. If you're into serum, this is incredible. It's this three-in-one serum that resurfaces, plumps, and locks in moisturizer for smoother, plumper, dewier skin. It immediately 
immediately boost hydration six times, okay? And the Dewey Serum helps replenish components of healthy skin that are lost over time. So don't be surprised when your friends ask why your skin is looking as soft as a baby, like how Michael is asking me right now. All right, adding to the bag now. They have something for everything, you guys. That's why we want to give you 15% off your Tatcha purchase with code SKINNY. That's 15% off your purchase with code SKINNY. Get ready to glow. That's Tatcha.com code SKINNY. That's T-A-T-C-H-A dot com. I think for me, it's like so unsexy and cool, but it's meditation for sure. I started meditating seven or eight years ago, maybe longer. And it was what allowed me to pull away from myself and see myself. It was like it allowed me and gave me enough space between my thoughts to look at my thoughts. It's like, why do I not like myself right now? Why do I feel uncomfortable in this situation? Why do I not like this job? Like always having that self-awareness only happens when we give ourselves space and meditation was really important for that. And then another thing I always think about is journaling. Whenever I talk to people that are in situations they no longer are happy in or in jobs they hate, which I've been there, if you journal and you express your feelings every day in a journal, you're able to like look back on your notes and see yourself and like cut through the bullshit. Because most people I talk to are like, I don't like my job, but it's fine for today. And for eight years, they've been not liking their job and not doing anything about it. So when you have your journal, your notebook that can show you really honestly how unhappy you are or how lost you are or any feeling that you have, you're able to see it on paper and you're able to like cut through any bullshit that we have that like numbs us through our lives. To get even more woo-woo on the journaling. I love woo-woo. Woo-woo me out. (laughs) So our friend, Elisa Romeo, she she talks about soul journaling. Mm -hmm. And I think it just goes like a few layers deeper. So basically you get into a meditative state, whatever that looks like for you. You have a notebook, a pen and paper, and you ask a question at the top. You literally write it down. And while you're in that meditative state, you just put your pen to paper and it's, it's not up here in the head. It's really dropping down into your heart, into your soul and just writing and not stopping. And you will be so surprised, shocked at what comes out. It is the truth of it all. Sometimes it's funny because like you might be like asking a serious question and there is kind of like a lightness to the answer. And it does like just bring about a levity of like, okay, wow, like there is a part of me that knows it's going to be okay. There is a part of me that knows what exactly is going on and my mind likes to make it more of a thing than it really is. Or that's been really, really powerful. So it's kind of combining those Mm -hmm. two and making it like a, a practice together. And then I've found just finding like a Krista, like my boyfriend, like other friends that I can trust, having friendships, relationships where I can basically create a container with them where I feel safe, they feel safe to just speak truth as to like maybe how how I am, how they receive me, maybe what they think I can work on. We have a friend who was talking about that container she set and I was like, I'm kind of doing that, but I actually like the formality of creating a container like that. Our friend Jenna, Zoe, mm-hmm. and and Jordan. At first it was uncomfortable. I was like, oh, I don't want to do this actually because then that person is kind of holding me accountable because they know, because they're aware and I'm aware. And now we like hold each other accountable Give to an that. example, specific example. Sure. With my boyfriend specifically, he knows that something I'm working on is speaking my truth. 
I like to take the temperature of the room or people I'm with. I'm like, is my truth going to be received in the way that I feel comfortable? If it's not, I usually just kind of tweak it a little bit so that it's palatable. And he is a truth teller. He will be himself no matter what. And it's inspiring to me. It's also shocking to me at times. But he really holds me accountable where like if I if we're in a group and he feels like I kind of just said something to please someone like afterwards we'll debrief. So having just a conversation where it's like, hey, I love tonight when you you were just like so silly. And when you were telling that story, I just like saw you light up when you said this. I kind of felt like you just kind of like left yourself and you weren't really there or in your power. I'd love to like hear how you felt in that moment. And it's like, it sounds cheesy. It sounds like we're in therapy, but it really opens up this opportunity in a loving, safe space to be like, wow, you're right. I actually did feel like I left myself in that moment and I was kind of conforming to what everyone else wanted. And yeah. And so when you have that awareness between two people, it, I don't know, I just like want to do better, Mm -hmm. you know, and I just, it becomes a habit. You got to practice it. And eventually it's like, okay, this is who I am now. Yeah. Are your significant others supportive of what you do? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they honestly are fine to sit back and like take a back seat to you guys be so front facing. Yeah. I think my fiance, Justin, so he's been here through everything. I don't, he doesn't love when I like talk about sex stuff on the pod for us. He doesn't love when I'm like super open about certain things because he's really private. So I respect that. But he's super supportive. I mean, he's like always been there through everything. And same with, same with Sean. It's like, it's not easy. And especially this year has been really hard for us. It's like, not everything makes sense of what we do. Not everything makes sense of feedback that we get. Not everything makes sense of of being an entrepreneur. And and he's been incredibly helpful. Yeah, Sean's kind of new newer to the game. We've only been dating a year, but yeah, we have moments where he's like, I don't understand like why you have to like be on Instagram like you are. He lo- he like he respects it and loves it, but he's like, I don't really get it. He's very not front facing, although. He has his own way of like being in his power, whether it's he has kind of like a little side side geek that he's been doing for 10 years that fills him up, whether it's at work and he's like in his groove. So I try to liken it to that where I'm like, this is just a completely different template. And I'm mm-hmm. I'm kind of doing my powerful thing, just like you're doing your powerful thing. And he loves to see it. I think Instagram kind of fucks him up a little bit because he's mm-hmm. like, are you being yourself? Oh, yeah. Justin's and I'm like, like I am, but I'm kind of being a different version today. Okay? I posted a bathing suit. He's like, I'm dating a thought. <laughs> but also, like, for me, it's like, I but Justin, my number one, but like, I don't, I his opinion means a lot to me, but it doesn't really matter. My family, if they were like, what you're doing stupid, it doesn't matter to me. If he was like, what you're doing stupid, it doesn't matter to me. Like, it matters that people I love see me, but it doesn't matter if they like believe in what I'm doing because I believe in what I'm doing. That's a very, very rare. It's like a trauma response. <laughs> no, that's, like, that's a very, very rare response to what's what's going on. A lot of people mm-hmm. would not agree with that. How did you? No, you validate yourself. Yes, yes exactly. Okay. How did you come into that? Yeah. Because I feel like a lot of people are so concerned about Aunt Susie's sisters, cousins, Dude, I've never dads. Been like that. Okay, so like, talk talk to us about that. It's kind of like a. Like, I actually felt shame when I was younger because I was like, I don't care what my parents think. And I feel like a shame. I'm like, people call their parents. They're like, I'm trying to get feedback from my mom on this. I'm talking on the phone with my mom. And I'd be like, I never was like that. And my mom struggled with mental illness most of her life. So it was like, 
I was trying to always figure out how she was feeling, try to make her happy, try to ask questions, try to do all these things. And there was a point where I just had a break where I was like, fuck it. Like, I can't figure out what's going on at home with my parents. I can't figure out what they're doing. And nothing I ever felt like satisfied them. So I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to do whatever I want. And that's really just like my response to not feeling like anyone cared. It was kind of like a trauma response. But it's been really beautiful. It's been amazing to just like do my thing because no one's really understood my path ever. And so now that we have something successful, it's like, oh, I feel confident about it. I'm like, oh, this is great. But when you're doing it, it's really hard to be the first couple months in the podcast and be like, it's going to be something. And everyone's like, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. you, know? you know, but I talk about this with my wife a lot. And like, I think I share the, I kind of share the same mentalities with like, well, I don't seek outside validation. It's not that I don't care what other people think same. I do. And I want my wife to love me. I want my parents to be happy. But at the same time, if they don't, I'm still going to do what I'm doing. Like, it's just how I've always been. And what I think what it comes down to is like something happened. Maybe it's a trauma thing. Maybe it's something from childhood where I realized like the only way to get validation was to validate myself. Mm -hmm. Like my mom is half Japanese. And so maybe that has something to do with it. My dad's like one of the strong, like quiet types. So mm -hmm. maybe it's like, I wasn't so like, I realized like, shit, if I want to be validated, the only way to do that is for myself. And personally, I feel like it's helped carry me through my career because I'm not looking to external factors to do that for me. And if there is one trait I want to pass to our child is like, yes, try to be a good person, try to have people care about what you're doing and be excited about what you're doing. But at the, at the same time, like, only you can validate yourself. And if you can do that, you can kind of push yourself. I want you. so much validation from my husband. I tell him this That's every day. That's I mean. I want Come validation on. all but we're different day in that long regard. from Michael. I, I, no, I don't need it from anyone Any else. words of affirmation? No, I'm everything. I <laughs> know <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really like touch. And then yeah. sometimes yes. I want all, I want gifts. I'd like a gift. I'd like an act of service. They're like, totally. what's the five love languages? She's like, she took all fucking five. I she's like, all five. Check. Yeah, I really, are. they are all five. I no, need validation from my husband. But it's interesting for me to but think about. But from your husband, though. Because you love I mean, a little validation from me. No, I, I love it, but I guess I, I'm similar to you in the sense that like I can get through my days without it. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that yes. reason is. Like probably it, something with when even I was a like kid. with my wedding dress shopping. We were like trying on dresses, and I come out in my dress, and my mom's like, and I was like, this is it. Don't care. You know, like it was like she definitely didn't love that dress for me. But it's like it's not. Were you a good student? I was, but I was, I had my bad phases for sure where I was like being a rebel. But also too, I learned from a young age, like growing up in Ohio, like if I did what everyone else wanted me to do, I would be living with my best friend on our cul-de-sac with babies. I would be with my sister at a job she wanted me to do. I'd be a lawyer because my mom wanted me to be a lawyer. You know what I mean? Like you would be so many different things if you were what everyone wanted you to be. And it's just never going to make you happy. Like it just is going to be a long road for people figuring out that like being other people for other people isn't going to make them happy. But I think oh, that's interesting that you two found yourself in partnership and that my wife and I found ourselves in partnership because it sounds like you're different in the ways like I would say my wife is an extreme people pleaser. My best friend Wesson is a people pleaser and I've not to say- But it's also part of the gifts. Yeah, yeah, it's not it's, it's not good gift, or bad. Bitch. I just I just think it's uh, <laughs> it's, a gift, honey. it's interesting it's a gift. like the types of people that oh, get attracted yeah. to each other, yes. right? Yes. Because I mean that's us hundred percent my life. It's I have us, a lot of people around me who are powerful, don't give a fuck about what other people think of them. To, not to the extreme, but like in a healthy way. And it's been so good for me. Justin, like, my fiance is like, even when I remember when her boyfriend came to visit during quarantine, he was there and I saw Lindsay 
energetically trying to figure out who she was going to try and please. Yeah, it was either her or him. Or her or him because like... we're both really like kind of we're very similar. Mm-hmm. And I saw her kind of being like, okay, so he's doing this and she's doing this. <laughs> and I was laughing. I'm like, dude, that is so you to like be with totally. people like that. But only recently, like the, in this last year, have I actually worked on it. 100%. Like mainly in therapy where and on, like you said, it stems back to my childhood and with my parents. For me, I was uh, my parents are still together. But when I was little, I really had to be kind of the bridge and I had to be the people pleaser in order f- in from my perspective to keep the peace and, and keep them together, quote unquote. And so that's kind of like where that started. And now as I'm like starting my own life and making my own decisions and doing all the things that adults do, I'm noticing this like feeling where I'm like, does this mean I break up with my parents? It is that feeling Mm -hmm. of like a cord attached, like a fucking umbilical cord where I'm like, oh my God, I got to cut it. But it doesn't mean that my decisions are going to ruin my relationship with my parents. I actually think like doing my thing is going to strengthen it in the long run. But it is like this feeling of of it's a body reaction. It's an emotional reaction. And it all stems from childhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like what I'm trying to point out is that like I think we all get things that we don't have ourselves from the people closest to us. Like, yeah. And yes. I wouldn't want you to yes. change. And I wouldn't want Lauren to change. Yes. Like, there's some times where we probably both all get frustrated because we see like, I wouldn't do it that way. But totally. ultimately why you care for someone so much and why you're in the relationship is because like they have something that you just don't have yourself. Yes. Like I like that my best friend and Lauren are these people pleasers because if it was up to me, I'd probably fuck up every relationship <laughs> I have. And like they keep me like, they'll say things like, Michael, you're going off the rails. At the same time, like maybe I can offer the opposite for them where it's like if they're going too far in that direction, I say, hey, you don't need to like make yeah. that many accommodation people. It's so important. What are some hardships that you both have experienced in life and how have you used those hardships to fuel you as opposed to victimize yourself? Like, and get, if you can, as detailed as possible. I think for me, it's like, at first I just, there have been some things that I've gone through that I actually am not public about that I don't talk about on the show because I don't want to be identified as that. And I feel like when people speak about their trauma or things that have happened to them, then it becomes part of their identifier. And I've never wanted it to be a part of my identity that I've gone through X, Y, and Z. And I've never wanted to like live in that experience again and like just speak energy to that and then create like a brand on that. But I think for me, some of the greatest things have really just been struggling with a mom who was really suicidal and she had mental health issues. And my dad was usually depressed most of my life. And so it just created this environment where it was really unstable and I was always really unsure. And I never really knew what was going to happen. If there was something that was going on at home, there was like threats of suicide. If we didn't act in a certain way, so we were constantly being manipulated um, to do or say certain things. So I've never really seen myself as a victim of that because I didn't really understand it was even trauma. You grow up and you're like, everyone's parents are doing this or that you don't know. And so I never really was able to understand the trauma that it gave me until we started to really do like group therapy and stuff like that to really break it down. But by that point, I had really just been so much of myself. I didn't really identify as a victim. And when I started to like remove myself from victimhood, it's actually not fun at all. And sometimes I wish 
Like I tell my fiance, I'm like, just let me be a victim for like a half hour today. I'm like, please just let me be a victim because it's not fun to always take accountability. Like you get to take accountability for amazing things in your life, like our relationship, my business, but then you also take responsibility for being a piece of shit, for having an ego, for saying the wrong thing, for lying. There's definitely a lot there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think what comes to mind is just one of those moments where I felt so far away from myself, which was in New York. I was living in New York for like five years and I was a bottle girl and a bartender and a waitress and a fit model. And then starting Soul Cycle, I was doing like all these things, which inevitably, if we trace it, like prepared me for almost 30, which, which was such a blessing. And I was running myself ragged. I was saying yes to things that I didn't want to do. I was in a relationship, a long-term relationship, which I thought was my person. And when when you're young like that and you make a decision in your mind that is this is my person, you tend to put up with things that perhaps you shouldn't, whether it's just how they speak to you, the respect factor, the lack of communication. And I just put up with it. And my soul was just like, are you going to like do something about it? Or are you just going to like keep doing this and basically do what everyone thought you were going to do, which is marry him, have kids, kind of have him like lead the way with his career, et cetera. And I didn't know my soul was talking to me at all, but something was happening where I was like, I'm going to fuck this shit up. And so I cheated on him. You know, looking back, I can kind of look at it with like peace and clarity. But at the time, I felt like out of control. I mean, it was like a really deep infidelity where I was like basically in another relationship. And yeah, it was just one of those moments where as much hurt that I was inflicting on him, I didn't feel it. I was like, I was numb to it. And that just told me so much about my connection with myself. So eventually that ended. And shortly thereafter, I got this opportunity with SoulCycle to move out to LA and open up a couple studios. And I didn't even blink. I was like, yeah, I, I'm ready. And it wasn't necessarily escape. It was just a knowing of like, yes, like I, for some reason, I set myself up to be almost just available to anything and everything that felt good to me. And it felt really good to just say yes for me in that moment. So yeah, that really like started this next chapter mm -hmm. where I met Krista the next year or year and a half later. And I, I definitely didn't have everything figured out, but I was like slowly just like, okay, I was doing things for myself and honoring like what I needed and what I wanted to explore rather than what my you know, previous partner had wanted or what other people thought I should do. And it was really liberating. Cheating. You're in business <laughs> together. <laughs> We're in business together. It's a lot. It's a lot. How do you manage that? Totally. Who's, who's doing what? Who's the one that likes the finance? Who's the one that likes the creative? Like, I think granular. that's the thing too. I mean, I'm sure you guys see it with like podcasters you guys have on Dear Media. Like, it's not a joke to be in business together. Like, you guys know. Yeah. It's literally not a joke. You don't say. I, don't, yeah. I mean, but I remember one time you guys were talking about, you're like, we used to try and turn it off and now we're just like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, no, you're just like, whatever. I, I, I think it's like a diet, right? Like if you do like hard boundaries, then it's, it's yes. hard. Like I, I think like we know, like we'll look at you like, okay, it's absurd. Right? We're in bed. Like stop talking about it. No, button, but... you know not to fuck with me in the morning. You've yeah. learned. Yes. But it's not as restrictive. I think like yeah. 
I would a, like it if you could stop slamming the doors and drawers, though. I really would like it if you could stop doing I'm that. I'm just oh. really fucking strong. That's me, dude. Dude, me and my car. That's me in the morning. Justin's like, Bowling honestly. Bowling China literally. <laughs> it reminds me of the ogres and gummy bears, like the Disney cartoon. It's like, so, stop. With, I like, don't think your big, Like, what's the thing they hit yes, with? Yes. They're like, He's like, you're banging pots and pans. pans. Oh, like, my God. It's like he has a... I, like, pull out the dishwasher. I'm like... <laughs> Like, no, and maybe I'm wrong about this, but I think like marriages, <laughs> partnerships, business, like I feel like if two people are the exact same, it's not going to work in the long run. Like it's mm-hmm. too hard. Like Lauren yes. brings things to the table that I absolutely don't have. And hopefully I bring things that she doesn't have. And yes. I think that's like what, and it seems similar you to you guys. You need some zen. Yes. <laughs> need but some zen, brother. Do, or do you need a little bit more like, no. you know. How do you guys, you guys work together? Give us, like, what's, yeah. the, what's the back end? Like not the podcast. What's the back end? Yeah. Because it's a lot of work. People think you just get on the mic and talk and oh then my there's a lot of other shit going yeah. on. So what does that look like? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's been four years and we've just figured it out. Our rules have like changed. It's when people talk about doing podcasts, we're always like hesitant to tell people to do a one with a partner because our dreams are together. Our finances are together. Our future is together. Our time is together. I mean, I have more connected to Lindsay than I do my fiance technically. So we have to be on the page, on the same page about almost everything. And so on the back end, I really handle... Like I used to do finance and now I offloaded that more of like the strategy stuff. I really love like strategy visioning, like thinking of new ideas and projects and stuff like that. I used to do partnerships. So when we were growing, I ran our partnerships for like two years because I used to do partnerships with blogging. And I also used to do sales when I was in a corporate world. So I did partnerships. I did finance for a while. I did strategy. I'll do basically everything. And now Lindsay runs a lot of our like post-production video and that kind of team. Yeah, it's just coming from like performing and being in theater and all of that. Like it was just natural for me to kind of she's like kind of the bird up in the trees as like the strategist and seeing kind of high level vision. And then I really like figuring out those smaller details and or catching ways in which we can do this better. But as always, like we kind of yeah. just we just align on things. Yeah, and we don't we don't always agree. But we can definitely sense the other person's like strength and vision mm-hmm. in the moment. It's never like butting up against each other. It's always just like ego dance. You know, we have to like continually like talk to our ego. You never like kill the ego, but you have to talk to the ego because it's like, I'm not good at details. Like I'm not good at like certain things and she's not good at certain things. So when you run a business together, you have to be really honest with yourself and like really understand what you're good at and what you're not good at. And some things you can become good at, some things you can't. So it's like, how can I be really honest with her and not feel like, I'm letting her down. She's letting me down. But we it's 20. We're talking 24 seven. It's 24 yeah. seven. And we went through like we've been through it yeah. in terms of our friendship. What, what we realize, and I'm sure you guys can relate where our relationship as friends has to be solid mm-hmm. or else this is not going to work. And it sounds like duh, but really like because we started our friendship when we started the business, basically. And so both have grown and evolved at the same time. And inevitably, the business has taken a lot of our time and energy because you're like, this is what we're growing. This is how we're making money. This is where we should pour. And it's kind of easier. It's harder to like have a personal conversation about like, hey, what's working? What's not? This is how you make me feel, et cetera. So we invested in a coach. We go to therapy separately. Mm -hmm. And just this last, you know, year and change like just has been so transformative in the way that we show up for the business, show up for each other, show up for ourselves in the way that we speak our truth. And it's made such a difference. And my, my piece was 
so much about just being confident in what I had to offer within almost 30 because I kind of, she's so powerful and so she had so many skills and knowings coming into the business side. And I was like, I'm a performer. I was a bartender. Like I taught on a soul cycle bike. Like what am I doing here? And I think it was really on me. Again, that self-responsibility is so important. It's like, okay, what do I have to offer? I have a lot to offer. How can I like do more of that in the mm-hmm. everyday. And she was just waiting for me to do that. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it was such a relief when we like just started to feel into that and own our strengths and really like support and uplift each other yes. with those strengths. It felt so much better rather than be like, damn, she's so good at that. Why can't maybe yes. I should get better at that? You know? I remember even actually speaking of one of our worst interviews. I can remember one of our interviews. I've ne- we've never talked about this, but like we had a guest on who actually was a friend and we're like, it was like the heat of us kind of not beefing, but just feeling like uncomfortable with each other. And at the end of it, we didn't release it because it was so bad because we were just like, the our energy was so whack. <laughs> I can't like, wait it was to like, ask you after. I know, I can't wait to tell you. <laughs> You'll know when I yeah, say yeah, like yeah. our energy was so whack and we were not on the same page and yeah. we were like not engaging with each other during the interview. So like the quality of our show too is dependent on us being happy and cool and loving to one another. And we've seen like when we're not vibing totally, like, the show definitely mm-hmm. isn't as good of a quality. So not only do we have to produce the show, do the team, blah, 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 but you have to be like cool with each other all the time. Mm-hmm. You guys did a huge live tour. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Did you guys ever, you guys did. We started, no, we were going, we were going to, start, to and, and then, then COVID. This COVID year? Mm-hmm. We were going to do one this year. It was year. like planning we were for, too. and then like COVID hit the fan. No so way. how was the live tour? What was that like? Like, honestly, oh don't say that yeah. it was great and everything. Cause I, I know there's lots of different things that probably yes. happened behind the scenes that were gnarly. What's the real deal on that? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So we like, first of all, we went on tour, like what, two years ago, we've gone on tour and no one was like, go on tour. We were just like, we are going to go on tour. We would, we hosted our first year at WeWorks. We partnered with WeWork. We went to WeWorks all over. So it wasn't like super glamorous. We were, we were at full-time jobs. We were running these. I would make my PTO work like everything like that. So none of it was sexy. Like none of the planning, none of the actual like events were sexy. We had to get volunteers. We were flying everywhere. It just was something that we knew we needed to do. We had to figure it out with our schedules. We had to figure it out with our relationships. We didn't really have that much money. We weren't making that much money from the business. So none of it literally made sense. It just felt really good. And we're like, now that we have full-time jobs, we can invest in this and we can actually like put money towards it. But we had some crazy times. I think the worst one was being in London and we had someone on our team that wasn't a fit. And <laughs> when you travel with that that person yes. that's just And they blocked us on Instagram during our trip so they could like do Be stories. An it's fun to see from other people. I remember when Justin and I first started dating, we were like had met each other three times and we were at a party and I saw Bumble on his phone. And I was like, take that fucking off your phone. And I like left the room and everyone was like, is she joking? He's like, I don't know yet. Because <laughs> like, he didn't know me. You know what I would have done? What? Let me get real creative with Let's you. Do- oh, God. If I was dating Michael and I saw Bumble on his phone, I'd say, hmm. Then I would go home and I would download Bumble and I would put my fucking picture on Bumble. <laughs> and I would fucking put it right on my homepage, right by my text messages. And Love I would that. say, Nothing. I'm obsessed. I don't even get what that means. It means that if you're going to have Bumble, if you're going to have Bumble, what do you mean? If you're going to have Bumble on your phone, I'm going to have Bumble. I'm going to have fucking Bumble on my yes. phone with a profile up 
loud and clear. Yes. I'm a fan. You're like, actually, skip that. I'm going to have OnlyFans. <laughs> You're like, no fucking bubble. I'm doing OnlyFans. I'm going to do a porn. Yes, 100%. I and it's going to be playing on my phone. Would be considered probably like a creep in this modern era because I'm a fan of walking up to a woman and hitting on her in person. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I'm, I mean, that's a lost You're not a fan like. of anything. Not I anymore. literally love Justin like, would say that too. Time. It's like, you literally <laughs> haven't ever like yeah, you don't have you're that literally dead. it's I easy would, to say <laughs> i would hate to talk to somebody that's true you know what yes, also because you're like efficient no and it's a liability i don't like i don't want to put anything oh, out on that that so i don't need to, i want to just totally. walk up say what i have my piece you like, don't need to say anything your piece is over okay go like if we ended i would not go on any of the dating apps ever I oh i yeah I know. I keep daydreaming about it if we ended. <laughs> I would just go what on. Did I, I was saying that the other day with Justin. He's like, yeah, if we like never dated, we'd be like, well, I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, what is this like, fantasy world? Yeah. Here's, here's what I would do, actually. Do you want to know what I would do if, I, if we broke up? I thought about this. Okay. But I'm going to give my strategy away. I would, since I have the password to all her stuff, I'd log into the blog and the email blast and okay. I'd put a, put like a resume on myself and I'd be like, hey, Michael's single now. I'd put on the Skinny Confidential. <laughs> yes. I take over this podcast. Give myself a pitch of like, hey, ladies, you know, I'm out here and I'm, I'm just, I'm the ex of Lauren and I'm looking for love. And yes. that's how and I would just And have create. Taylor cut all your highlights. Yeah. So then the rest of the, the episode is just like you being amazing. It would just be like a massive inbound from the entire yes. Skinny Confidential Too bad they know that me. you'd be fucking around. Would they would think you're fucking around. Like I would do nothing. While you're doing all this like circus shit, I would just be doing nothing. So I'd be like, great. Hopefully like that. I you're deploying all this energy. And like, I'm just sitting there. Sitting in her queendom. Uh, yeah. Sitting in her queendom. Okay. Go back to what you were saying, which oh is God, that what? someone blocked you guys on Instagram when you were traveling in London. And give context. Uh, Tell yeah. everybody how you had to be so unprofessional and leave to go to the bathroom in the middle of this, which is why we just <laughs> uh, Oh, yeah. yeah I, had to, I had to go to the bathroom because I, I actually respect that. Drink bone broth, lot. coffee, and water. So I know. The bone broth. Ugh. ugh. Bone broth. Bone breath, breath. Baby. Ugh. A bone broth is so good, it's so, though. It's so good. Like, how much collagen can a girl have? She's vegan. Oh, you're vegan. Yeah. yeah, yeah oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you don't like, but it's not like my brand. <laughs> but vegan, but it's not my brand. I think one of like the hardest ones was we. So we were working full time, planning tours, like still recording the podcast, trying to grow the podcast. No one was asking us to go on tour and trying to figure all this out, like as little budget as we could. And we had planned a trip. We're like, we're going to go to London because we knew we had listeners in London, and the whole thing, like we didn't had never seen any space ever in person before we had the event. So we had no idea what the fuck these spaces look like. So we go to this one space where like, we should see it before. Like we should maybe be professional in some capacity and look at the event space before. It was like a cafe. It was literally like a cafe that only had an outside People area. People would have like, had to sit on the counters. Yes, on counters. And it was like yeah, a it was cheesy cafe. And then we just had someone on our team that just wasn't a fit. And so it made their like, you guys know traveling with people on your team has to be 100. So we had someone on our team that wasn't a fit and it was just stressful the whole time because there was like dishonesty happening and Mm -hmm. then there's just like a total not fit. So we were just like, this is just miserable. But there was a lot of really hard times. And then you'd get in front of people like you guys do where you meet people and you're like, oh, this is like actually worth it. But yeah. Tour isn't like that much of a moneymaker. Like tour was like, we made money, but it wasn't like the bread and butter. Like, so when we think about that, we're like, okay, what's our time spend worth? Truly. The live shows that we did, LASF, Mm -hmm. New York. It was, it was awesome. Like to have, like to step out on stage and have that, like to receive that like energy and excitement was 
it filled me up for 2020. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm good. You know, like it really was so exciting. And to be able to like meet them after, hug them, like just talk to them one on one is really, really special. But yeah, to Chris's point, it's like how much energy and time are we spending on this? And what is the return? Because this is a business. Mm -hmm. I think like sometimes people forget that. And we have a team. It's mm -hmm. not just like paying Krista and I like we're paying a full team. And so we that's why 2020 has been so interesting to like pivot to only virtual where we're like, oh, we're not spending on flights and not taking time to travel. But we're like still doing these virtual events and things like that that also can be another revenue stream. Yeah. And like we would have to set up. So we'd have to go hours before setup. We'd be ready. We'd be sweating. Then we'd have to break down. We'd have to get all our sponsor stuff sent in. It would be at people's houses. It would be at places. We had to do bags. We had to check people in. We had. It was just like, yeah. it was so like kitschy. It was amazing. It was just the best. You guys have such an incredible community. Is mm -hmm. there anyone else in the digital space that you see that you just think is doing right? And mm -hmm. why? Could be male, female, whatever. I think whatever. you. I would yeah. say no, 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 even if you weren't no, no, here. No, 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 no. Say someone else. Okay, not Laura. I would say, honestly, I would say you if, if you weren't here, so I'll ignore you. I think it's been interesting because like we did community not for selfish reasons. And I feel like there's been a shift where people are realizing how you can monetize a community. And we really did a community because I felt so alone on my spiritual journey. Like I felt so alone in jobs that I hated when I felt like everyone else was happy and everyone else was like climbing the corporate ladder or just getting married or whatever it was. And so we wanted people to feel less alone. We wanted women to feel less alone on their journey. So that was really the impetus for us creating this community because we know how lonely it can be and how hard it can be to meet really cool, genuine people. So we've really grown it basically based on that. But as far as other people that are doing it in the space and doing it well, I'm trying to think. I know. I feel like there are people that are like our friend Jordan Younger, like she yeah. has a community, like, but it's different, mm -hmm. you know? And so like we can take pieces of what people are doing and be like, wow, like love that they're doing it that way. But when it comes to Almost 30, it's just that's been kind of a theme as we've evolved as a business and a brand is like we're going to be doing some things that people haven't done before or women haven't done before. And that's why sometimes it's been nice or mm -hmm. most of the time it's been nice where we're like, Thank God we have each other to like mm -hmm. kind of navigate this because if it does fail, it's okay. Like we can kind of pivot and do the next thing. And it's different too because it's Lindsay and I, not just one of us. So it changes when there's one person. It's more like she's our leader. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like she's our leader. We're following her. Even if you try and cultivate community. It's true. So our friendship really provides the basis of understanding of like this is how we treat people. Like we listen to them. We love them. We like help them grow. We make them feel less alone. And everyone in our community has to be like on board with that. Who do you think who do you think's doing community well? Oh, that's a good question. You're gonna spin it on me. Who yes. do I think's doing I think you guys are doing community amazing. I think Jordan Younger, you mentioned her, does mm -hmm. a really good job. I think that Rachel Hollis does a good job. I think that she understands she's not for everyone. And so that, mm -hmm. I think, brings her followers totally. closer. The Morning Toast Girls yes. have an incredibly engaged yep. community that's very Have you guys impressive. ever listened to what we said on this on this network? There are these two girls, Jaycee and Chelsea. They do an incredible – they're on Dear Media, and they do an incredible job with community. This girl's Agreed. And they're, they're, they're really good You guys should connect merch. with them, actually. Okay. Yeah. yeah. They're adorable. Jackie Schimmel, I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, such admiration for her. You know who does? Alex Cooper, Call Her Daddy. Call Her Daddy. Daddy Gang. Like, she crushes that. Uh, crushes that. Yeah, that's probably a good one. And then, yeah, that's. But those are probably the ones that come to mind when the word community happens. Mm -hmm. What are some things that if our audience wants to start as an influencer or podcaster or just get into small business in the digital space, what are some things that you would say, maybe don't do that? Mm-hmm. 
I think I firstly think like I was talking to a friend the other day and it's such a bummer now because we're home and we're on our phone so much that all creativity is channeled to mm-hmm. things on our phones. And it's just like such a bummer that like anyone who's creative, it's like, okay, I'm creative. I should start an Instagram account or I should start a blog or I should start a podcast. And that's such a narrow band of ideas and concepts that people can do when they feel creative. And so I would first like have people really think like, do you want the validation or do you want, is this like your passionate creative pursuit? Like, would you still do this if no one else was listening? Would you still do this if no one else is reading? Would you still do this if no one else is watching? But I think for people that are just getting started, I think to listen to people to gather enough inspiration, but don't really follow or listen to people that are in your vein or in your area or in the same thing that you're trying to do. Because if you're just listening to podcasts that are just like yours or blogs that are like yours or Instagram accounts that are like yours, you're going to be influenced to create similar content. And then you lose that X factor or that like je ne sais quoi, where it's like you're different than other people. So I would say probably remove yourself from even accounts that inspire you so that you can have your own voice. Yeah. I agree with you so you know much I mean? about that. Yeah, which you're is really so good at that. Weird. The people yes, you curate are so very different good. than you. I really, really try yeah. not to watch everyone else's formula because you subconsciously start to question what you're doing. Mm-hmm. It's so true. Mm-hmm. You have to be careful that it's not too many influences on yes. you. Now, this is I'm just talking about for myself. Maybe someone else is different where I they have to agree. go like get energy from other mm-hmm. people. But I realized that as a creator, I'm actually an introvert. The way I get energy to create is to retreat into myself and think about how I want it to mm-hmm. come out. I mean, they talk about blinders. Same. That's exactly the yes. reason why they put blinders on racehorses. Because if you look at what's going on in the lane next to you, you're going to fall down and you're going to stumble. You're not going to win. Yeah, 100%. Like that's, like, it, it's counterintuitive because you want to be inspired by people, but like you also don't want to have that inspiration fall too far into your brand because then all of a sudden you're taking yourself out of yourself, mm-hmm. which yes. is like actually the key to 100%. everything. It's like nobody can duplicate you, but if you're, you can duplicate what everyone else is doing. Yeah. yeah. And I would say too, like as a second thing is staying with your job. <laughs> like I actually moved to LA and I quit my job. I was working in events at the time to pursue blogging full time. So I wanted to be a blogger. I was like, Everyone, it was the time when everyone was like, quit your job and pursue your passions, whatever. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna quit my job and pursue my passion. And I did, and I got myself in a lot of debt and I was serving and nannying and doing all these odds and ends jobs. I was making videos for this like Japanese company where I would like show, it was was bizarre. (laughs) I would show them like my clothes or something. It was very weird. I don't even know where the money was coming from or where it went, but anyways. So I quit my job because I wanted to pursue what I was doing full-time and I realized with us having this business and me getting a full-time job again and growing this and you having a full-time job, how important that job was, not only for my skills, but for time management and for us to have funds to like get put money to what we were doing. We didn't spend a lot of money on Almost 30, but it was for editing. It was for an intern. It was for very basic things. But without our full-time jobs, we would have been so much more desperate energy. We would have been just not following what was true for us and probably falling for things that were popular or things that could get us downloads more quickly. Yeah, that is good advice to to also keep your job as you're doing your hustle so you don't have that desperate energy. I think that's such good It's huge. That desperate, people can tell. And when I was blogging, I could feel, I was like, I'm doing a brand deal for like a prom dress right now. I'm like, I don't, I'm I'm fucking 28. Like, like, (laughs) I was like, I had a desperate energy about it. And I was like, this isn't translating. Mm. Like, this doesn't feel good. And I just wanted money so bad that I was like, 
I'll really kind of do anything. So when people have jobs, I say it's such a gift for them because now they can like create clearly because they know that they're safe. Because when people are broke, you'll do weird shit. Like I do weird shit when I'm broke. I don't feel well. I'm like not having money for me does not sit well. So when I have money, I'm able to be like, okay, I can feel fully creative. I can feel inspired. I can show up for her and we can create what we want to create, not create what is going to make us money. Yeah. And I think it's important for creators too, just whether influencing, podcasting is to have, because have a structure. Because mm-hmm. I'm, I deem myself, I'm like, I'm creative. Like I need space. I need a, an open field to roll around in. And it's like, it actually serves me to have structure. So whether that looks like a personal asana where I'm like task and I know like you have your, your method that I love so much when I see you like just doing the to-do list, things like that, where I'm like, (laughs) but it's, but it's that structure that your creative genius needs in order to actually be productive. And I've better late than never, but I've, I finally realized that where I'm like, damn, it feels good to not only like schedule white space where I can just be fully creative, have a notebook, or maybe I'm just blasting music and I'm just like kind of vibing with whatever's coming through. But then to also have a catch-all of like, so from this white space, what am I going to put on my Asana board as the next steps to do? Is it emailing that person? Is it outlining the post? Is it X, Y, Z? So it's really important to have those structures for yourself as you pursue this, because if you want this to be a thing, you can't just let this like beautiful, like kind of formless entity not have those mm-hmm. paths to actually create something real for mm-hmm. pe- people to experience. I probably shouldn't say this as a head of a network. And I was like debating bringing it up and saying, because like, honestly, I told you I'm a just walking. Just hang loose, dude. I'm a, I'm a walking liability <laughs> for myself. Just hang fucking loose. Let but your balls hang. Let your balls me. hang. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, no, it's this, just us. I think like, and this is meant to be a compliment. Like we spoke earlier on early during media days and I identified mm-hmm. earlier on like, hey, you girls actually don't need a network because you put in all the fucking work. It's really hard to do. Like, I think there's some people that need it. And obviously that's why we have it. But like, if you can do it, it takes a shitload of work. But what? And now the stuff that I'm gonna get in trouble for. It's really interesting to me. And now I'm kind of out of the side of the business where I'm doing every day-to-day conversation of like talents and agents and all like all the shit that I didn't start the company for. Where people come in and they're so entitled and they think because they've done something in another area or they're a name somewhere else that they're going to be this massive success in podcasting. And what I try to point out and where like I don't have the silver tongue as an executive or per se, like that's a fancy word, is like <laughs> I'm always very upfront with people. Like I don't care who you are or what platform you've built. Like you're not going to be successful in podcasts unless you actually put in the fucking time and work and dedicate yourself to building on the channel. Like you don't just get to be like, oh, I'm famous here. I did something here and like have massive. It doesn't work. Like Unless you're on The Bachelor. And I promise you, <laughs> I've seen it now, 60 shows, whatever. Like, I'm like it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what platform you come from or what notoriety you have somewhere else. Like if you don't put in the fucking time and, de- and develop a valuable podcast, like you aren't going anywhere in yeah. this space. Yep. Maybe that's like, I shouldn't say that because it'll entice less people to come over and less people to work with your media, but it's the truth. And I'd rather be upfront with that with people then just say like, hey, yeah, you're just going to have massive success. You're like, you need to put in the fucking work yes. and you guys have done that. Yeah, but that's true. And, and, you know, I think about like, it was probably only this year where I really came into terms like, like your voice as an example, like with podcasting, like our voices are important. Mm-hmm. Her sounding like herself, me sounding, that's that's part of my job. Like if I was an athlete, my list is like my voice, my breath, my tonality, the way that I speak, what I say. So it's like my job is to speak. My job is to speak. So I have to use my breath. I have to use my voice. I have to think about what I say. I have to do all these things. And people think it's just 
getting on a microphone and saying whatever you want, which it is, but there's so much more to it that makes a show powerful and captivating and keeps people coming back. I actually think, and maybe you can relate this, it's all the things that are planned and said off air yes. that make all the difference. And I think the people that run in trouble, like like I said, like you just think you can just show up and get on a mic and have it be. there. When we started, all of us, maybe there were seven, 800,000 podcasts in existence, which is a shitload of podcasts if you think about it. And it start, this space started like roughly 2006, 2007. And it took that long to, to 2019 to get to like 800,000 podcasts. This year alone now, it's grown to 1.5 million. Mm-hmm. So in one year, the space has almost doubled. So I think the audacity that people think they can just jump in and it's easy and they're going to stand out, it's like, that's not how it works. Totally. You got to put in the work. It's entitlement. Yeah. But that's that's a whole different podcast that you guys will have to come on for a different <laughs> Literally. <laughs> What's a book, a podcast, a resource that you would leave our well, audience thing, though, with? It's not to discourage people from jumping in. <laughs> yes. It's just to point out that like you have, it's not easy. Yes, 100%. Like, but if you have, if you want to put in the time and you have the chops, like, it is a really good thing to do. It's just like, it's not, nothing's easy. Nobody, yeah. I've never met any business person, any entrepreneur that's like, yeah, it was super easy. I just like make a bunch of money and like have all this success. Like it takes yeah. a lot of fucking time. Nothing that's easy is worthwhile and nothing, you know, that's mm-hmm. worthwhile is easy. I totally agree. And that's why I loved podcasting so much is because I'm like, this is me being myself and I can put in the work and I can do the thing. And wasn't like I came from anything. I wasn't famous. I didn't have any platform and neither did Lindsay. So for us to be successful is like because we are who we are and because we put in the work. So that's why I loved it so much. It was like the right fit for us. Okay, the resource. Book, podcast, resource that you would leave our audience with that's brought you value. (sighs) Stop missing the point. It's a book by Peter Kelly. It's really good. Stop missing the point. Yes. And it's all about spirituality and really how spirituality has kind of got off the rails where it's like you have to be wearing all white. You have to be vegan. You have to be doing these things to be considered spiritual. But spirituality isn't really about that. So it's about your connection to like source or whatever it is. Meet Your Soul by Alyssa Romeo is really good. Yeah. I also love Deep Work by mm-hmm. Cal Newport. I should have Cal on. Oh my God. I'd love to have Cal. I love that book. It's an amazing book. He's iconic. I have like a stack of six books I'm reading at all time very slowly. And it's just a range. So if I'm in the mood for some facts, science, all of that, I have one. And that book is in my stack right now. And it's just fascinating his take on how our phones have kind of pushed out these things in our lives that really just bring us a lot of joy Mm -hmm. on a very like base, like, nature level like Mm -hmm. and I think family being one of them and creativity outside of what goes on on the phone and yeah he just does a really good job of giving you tactical tips on how to incorporate and how to actually access that deep deep work because it ultimately creates like a more fulfilling life Mm -hmm. women food and god is really good by Janine Roth for like anyone that has body kind of like body eating issues. That's probably my favorite. That's really helped me heal my relationship with my body and food. And then Law of One, which is kind of weird, but it's this like six dimensional (laughs) transmission from a six dimensional entity. And it really talks about like unity consciousness, how like everything we see is a mirror and that we're all essentially one. Mm -hmm. I was trying to explain to Michael what's happening on December 21st. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. Can you explain it to him? Because he doesn't like when I talk about it, he's looking at me like she's talking about the fifth dimension to go there. And I was like, what's over there? It's our time. It's (laughs) our time to hit. You're like, should we start a business there? Can you look really quick to him? Yeah. So we actually have an episode coming out on this week. Not on it, but just kind of like prepping for it because we're kind of learning about are it in, in real time too. Are we in 4D right too. now? Is that where we are? So or? we're in 3D. The Great Conjunction is what's happening on the 21st. So mm-hmm. this is basically when 
Saturn, Jupiter, and the moon are aligned to create the crystal, not the moon. No, it's Saturn and Jupiter are basically within aligned. one degree of each other. And it's the same astrological influence as when Jesus was on earth or Jesus died. And so basically it just provides an opportunity for us to really leverage Saturn's influences, which is like seriousness, setting strategy, and I don't even know. Yeah, so it's it's a portal. So what a lot of people are recommending, our friend Peter Kelly is doing an event that day, a lot of our astrologer friends are as well, where feeling into and actually practicing how you want to feel in the future. It sounds really simple, but it's like, have the way I've been describing it is like, have your dream day. How do you want to like, what does your morning look like? How do you want to feel? How do you want to talk to people? How do you want to be received? Yeah. Like, Guys, we're 21st. not astrologists. It's yeah, the 21st literally. This is the thing. Oh, yeah. We're learning along with you. Are you. Going. One of you is going to take me with you. Don't no, leave we me will. Behind. Yeah, we're going to the big so world event. it's the 21st. Don't leave me behind. But you know, it's in Vegas. one of those things that's like, I don't know if you remember years ago when like the sun eclipsed the moon or something. I remember everyone was outside and it was like, oh, it was like 30 <laughs> seconds. Then we're like, okay. And we went back inside and got back on our phones. It's like, I agree that it's a powerful opportunity, but there's opportunities like that in every, every moment day. if you really take it seriously. So that essentially they say is like, an opportunity or portal for us to reach 5D, but you could be in 5D now. Lord, if you what want. if I told you that I've been in 5D this whole time? <laughs> you maybe have, honestly. honestly See, that's the thing. Stop missing the point. Spirituality could be straightening your hair before. Lord, an come interview. join me here oh. in 5D. It's nice over here. <laughs> I know. If you straighten your hair again, uh, I love it. No. You, you have to like it. Lauren, people enough in, five, is people enough. in 5D. I want a little things. bit of a curl next time. Lauren, I want it to go under instead of she up. She wouldn't understand. She doesn't get us 5D people. Does totally. Kind of have hair like that. I can't believe it's not Butter Guy. What's his name? Fabio. Taylor, Fabio. If yes. there's a one D, that's where you are. <laughs> Get off my fucking show, Taylor. Oh my god. Taylor has orange chicken under his fingernails. Thank you guys so much for coming on. Pimp yourself out. Tell us about your podcast resource, your podcast, your Instagram. Go for it. Yeah, so we're almost thirty podcasts on all platforms. Uh, almost thirty podcasts on Instagram. We have a YouTube as well. Shopalmost30.com for courses and resources. And then I'm at it's Krista I T S Krista on Instagram. And I'm at Lindsay Simsic. And anyone out there who wants to start a podcast, we just support podcasters with your podcast pro. Yeah, you guys have like a whole resource that's mm -hmm. all about podcasting. Yeah, yeah, that's really because yeah. cool. we learned it, and that's another we learned it all ourselves. So it's like we want to help people because practitioners, I know it's hard. baby, practitioners, baby, practitioners are where it's at. <laughs> Thank you guys both for coming on. Did you both say your own Instagrams? Yeah. Okay, good. Mm -hmm. Taylor, that's a wrap. Put the chicken away while we walk out, <laughs> and you guys have an open invite to come back anytime. You oh, want. We, love oh yeah. you. we love you. I am giving away something different today. My book. Okay, so this is the Skinny Confidential Lifestyle Guide, and all you have to do is let us know on my latest Instagram who you want to see next on the podcast. So let us know who you recommend on my latest Instagram at the Skinny Confidential, and one of you will win the Skinny Confidential Lifestyle Guide. It's my first book, and um, I still use a lot of the recipes in it.